All right, what if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that is exactly what you're going to get. They can help you find work in any industry. With just one interview at Express, you have a connection to endless jobs. Whether you want a contract job, a new full-time role, or a summer job, choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has more than 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit ExpressPros.com today to find a location near you. Summer is upon us, and whatever you have going on, a vacation, a staycation, a summer wedding, well, Macy's has you covered. If you need summer dresses, matching sets, volume sleeve tops, wedges, straw-crafted bags, I mean, really, they have what you need head to toe. I'm talking Levi's, Dolce Vita, Lacoste, and more. So shop summer must-haves at Macy's. Go to Macy's.com slash style. Again, that's Macy's.com slash style. Something I for sure love having in my home is super clean countertops. And I love when it smells good too. So you can bring the vacation vibes to your home with coconut scented Clorox Sentiva. It smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy with a refreshing scent that'll transform your space into a tropical island retreat and give you a powerful clean. No plane ticket required. Unleash your self-expression with the enchanting coconut fragrance of Clorox Sentiva. You can get yours at a nearby retail store, also available in grapefruit or lavender scents. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, well, just go to tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Life ain't always pretty, but hey, it's pretty beautiful, thing. Laugh a little more, thing. Tight, tighten up your core, thing. Said EK, you're kicking it with four things. With Amy Brown. All right, I told y'all I was super excited about this episode because Corey Robertson is here. And I guess you would only know I was excited if you listened to last week's episode. And I gave a teaser that she was going to be in Nashville and she was going to come sit down with me. And Corey, you're the first person to ever sit down and we're going to do four totally different things with you. Oh my goodness, I'm so, so honored. Yes. So Corey Robertson, you probably know her from TV, Duck Dynasty, like crazy thing that just happened to your life that catapulted your family into like fame. Crazy. Yes. You're also an author, a speaker, an entrepreneur. You got some fun things in the works and, you know, a mom and just, like I said, a normal person. So I feel like we have a lot we can talk about. And the fact that you've adopted and and foster care even and things that you're passionate about, I feel like a lot of my people are passionate about. And uh, I want to hear about some mission work you do, traveling the world. But before we get into um, some of that stuff, I have a debate that I want you to settle. Okay. Okay. So I we talked about this on the Bobby Bone Show, and none of the guys had my back. Bobby, Lunchbox, Eddie, they all sided with my husband. But this was such a hot topic that I was getting 
texts and emails from people that work in our building and some of my friends that were listening. And I was like, oh, okay, like this is a thing. It's called the French fry debate. And (laughs) so my son, we were eating burgers. We had people over at the house and there was a big plate of fries that's Mm -hmm. that everybody was grabbing from. And we just hadn't had time to like put like a serving spoon out there. And my son is making his plate and he puts his hands all up in there and dumps the fries on his oh, no. plate. I mean, not all of them, but he definitely touched basically all of them, <laughs> which is, you know, that's not cool. Yeah. So we wanted to teach him that it wasn't. I didn't see it happen. My, my husband saw it happen. So he took the lead mm-hmm. and he put all the fries on my son's plate, all of them. And next thing you know, I'm in the kitchen. I turn around and I see my son with this little mini kids slider hamburger thing and a mountain full of fries. Oh, no. And I'm like, what's happening? And my husband said, well, he touched all the fries and he needs to learn not to touch them. So now he has to eat every single fry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, not cool. Not not cool at all. So I stepped in overrode or over was that the right word I'm not the writer the mm-hmm. writer I overrode my husband uh-huh. and, and in front of our guests and it got kind of awkward because I was like no that's not happening like our eight-year-old son who's teeny tiny doesn't have the stomach for that I don't want him eating a plate full of fried foods also he sort of might think that that's awesome that now he gets to eat them all <laughs> yeah but, that might not be such a punishment right yeah. and th- but I mean his goal was it was so much like his right. little tummy it would make him sick oh no and then okay. he would never want to do it again yeah and I'm like no what we're going to do here, because I don't want, I mean, if it was a plate of strawberries, I might've been like, okay, mm-hmm. fruit, like let's go for mm-hmm. it. But fried food, that's just, it just didn't seem, no, logical to me. So I take the fries away. I dump them out. He's only left with the burger and we throw the fries away. And uh-huh. I'm like, that will teach him. But I mean, I made that move without, you know, consulting my husband. I just stepped in, handled it the way I thought it should be done, and which I think was right, but not how I handled it. And then, you know, we we went on with it and my husband just kind of shut down, especially because he felt like disrespected, especially mm-hmm. in front of our guests and it got awkward. I just didn't know how would Corey and Willie Robertson handle this mm-hmm. if one of their kids had touched all the fries. So, wow. Yeah. How? That's a tough one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I totally, okay. So first of all, I just want to say from the outset that I think you did the right thing of dumping them out because, I mean, that, you know, you don't want an eight-year-old kid eating a whole plate. But the fact that your husband started it and had already, that's tough. I mean, I can remember when our kids were little, Willie doing things that I looked at him like, I cannot believe you. Like, he just dealt with them a little, you know, a little harsher than perhaps I would have. But I think that's why they have two parents because, like, you know, you got... You've got one that sometimes will maybe handle things a little harsher than the other. That's a little softer, and it balances out. So, um, oh, goodness. I would say I'm on your uh, Okay, this is tough because I'm on your side with the decision for sure. But, but probably it's okay but, to not be on my side with how I handled but it. probably, mm-hmm. yeah. Because I would want your wisdom on that, too, because I respect yeah. you as a wife and a mother. So I will say, like, the kids need to see a unified front because they can, I mean, they sense, they sense, like, whenever you're not together and they will utilize it to their best benefit. So, like, we did try to, like, at least in front. Now, we might go back to the bedroom and argue, like, for an hour over how we, one of us handled it. But in front of the kids, we tried to at least act like, like, we agreed, okay. even if we were, like, literally biting our tongue. That's good advice. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, there I you need go. to remember that. Is that helpful? Again, that is helpful. I will say, I had, I had this experience with my son. We, I had taken him to, so we go on mission trips a lot, and we were in Dominican Republic, 
And we're with all these kids from this children's home. And our son gets at the front of the line and there's tortillas stacked. He starts rifling through the tortillas like because he wants to choose the biggest tortilla for himself. And I walk up and I'm like, what are you doing? You're touching all the tortillas. And he's like, well, I want that one, the one that's like at the bottom of the thing. And so I just like yanked him out of line and made him get to the very back of the line. I was like, you're going to be the last one to eat now because you touched the tortillas, which, of course, I mean, we still ate the tortillas. Right. We touched them. But right. he had to get in the back of the line. So that's how I dealt with that. But Willie wasn't there to have an opinion. So <laughs> I know sometimes that's easier. <laughs> if my husband had been there, he would have been eating every single tortilla. <laughs> but OK, yeah, no, that's 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 good. That's a good way to handle that. And it's also good advice to have a unified front. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. I think that is important. Not always yeah. easy, but it's important to just know that that's that's the ultimate goal, and mm-hmm. we can settle it in the bedroom settle later. Settle it later. There you go. <laughs> settle it later. Okay, well, super excited to have Corey here. I think the first thing we're going to get into is I want to talk about Strong and Kind, which is a book that you wrote, and I just think that it's it's good for people if they have kids or don't have kids. We'll kind of touch on that, and then mm-hmm. adoption and foster care. And then I also want to talk gratitude with you okay. and how what role gratitude plays in your life and just the importance of traveling and experiencing that and mission work, and then how to throw a good party. All right. I've heard that Corey Robertson can throw <laughs> a good party, so I definitely want to dive into that. Sounds good. First thing. Let's talk about the book that you wrote, Strong and Kind, and why, I mean, I know why you came up with those things, but if people are listening, like, why would you write a book with those two words as the title and yeah. and the role that the words strong and kind play in your life and your family's life? Mm-hmm. Okay, so first of all, why two things is because I feel like I remember when our kids were little and I felt so stressed over like all the things and how everything felt like such a big deal, like when to take the past far away, when to like start them in preschool, like everything felt so big and like the decisions are going to affect them for the rest of their lives. And I remember just kind of coming to this of like, okay, look, I've got to really think about just the values that I want to put in them, not all the little things because the little things can overwhelm you. And so I just sat down, I was at a Bible study and someone said like, what are the values you want to instill in your kids? And strong and kind just popped into my head and I wrote them down that night and I was like, okay, like everything else can be, they can wear shoes or not wear shoes. They can, you know, like all those little things really don't matter. What really matters is like the values that I instill in them. And so um, that's kind of how I came to it really was just a feeling of overwhelming, a feeling of as a mom of like, okay, how do I just like boil it down to what's really, really important? And so how many kids have you raised? Like you're a mom of? Six. Six. Yes. Coming to us from all different ways. Mm -hmm. And so talk about where they all come from. Okay. So um, we have three biological children and mixed all in there. Someone asked me about birth order and they were like, oh, so you didn't worry about birth order. I was like, actually, no, because our our kid's birth order has changed over and over again as we added another child. But um, so um, Rebecca is our oldest and she came to us when she was 16 from Taiwan and as an exchange student and just kind of never left. We just fell in love with her and we're like, you're ours. And she was like, I'm yours. And she stayed. Oh, that's amazing. But yeah, she does have a mom in Taiwan. Um, her dad passed away, but she has a mom in Taiwan. That's still a really real big part of her life. But she's been here. She's 30, been here for since she was 16 with us. How did y'all decide to do an exchange student? program? Well, that was really born out of, um, so we had four little children at the time and I have always really valued travel and just felt like 
our kids saying the world was a really important thing. And we had four little kids and not a lot of money, so we couldn't travel. So I was like, oh, we'll bring in someone from another country and it'll like expose our children to the world. And maybe we'll learn Chinese, which, of course, we didn't, except for that Sadie can rap in Chinese and sing the climb in Chinese. That's about it. Yeah. Miley Cyrus, the climb? (laughs) Interesting. Okay. That's about all we know. But um, (laughs) but so I just I, I just felt like I was always reading the book, Kids of the Book, the books of the kids from about other countries mm-hmm. and how I just feel like it's really important that they understand that the world is much bigger than our little space that we occupy. And so that's really why we did it, because I thought, oh, you know, I'll expose them to something different. So she came and um, could not speak a word of English, which was crazy. She attached to me. It was like having another child because she was 16, which it was like I'd have another child, but it was like having another like five-year-old. She was so attached to me and I had to read to her every night, but we had little kids. So we just read every night and that's how she learned English. And um by her second semester here was she was, you know, started really kind of making friends and everything. And we were like, oh, if you want to come back for your senior year, you're invited. And she did. And then sometime in that next year, I remember telling someone we had four children and our littlest Bella said, no, we don't. We have five. And it was just like, yeah, you're right. She's ours. So she went to school at LSU and has Aww. lived in Louisiana. So she has a little Louisiana Chinese accent, which is really cute and awesome. That's awesome. But yeah. And she has a baby now, so we have a grandbaby. Right. So she, yes. that's what I was going to say. And she's who made you a grandma. Yes. I mean, I'm sure that it's like a, that's like a proud thing. And then your the son best. is expecting to yes. like in October. Yes. We have another grandbaby coming in October. So we are like over the moon excited. It's so much fun. Before we started recording, Corey and I were talking about Dancing with the Stars and, you know, you're definitely someone that could do it, but she kind of oh. had this, she has this good plan where she's like, you know, right now I'm, what is it? You're- <laughs> I'm like, I'm 46. Yeah. So like, I'm kind of just in that weird middle age that like, if I'm not good, I'm just not good. Mm-hmm. But I've had this thought, I'm like, if I, when I turn like 60, if it's still happening, maybe I'll do it. Cause then they'll be like, oh, she's so old and she's doing great. Look at her. She's amazing. <laughs> right. Cause it won't even really, you know, when you're older, and you'll have way more grandkids. It's just impressive. By then. And they'll be like, look at that grandma. Right. Out she's there. got like 10 grandkids and she's out there doing this. Wow. And now yeah. you have, you pro- so you have like what, like 13, whatever, however many years to, to like learn practice? the splits and practice. Yeah. And I should, I should start, start stretching, stretching yeah. now. <laughs> so right. uh, we're going to get back to the strong and kind with the kids stuff, but, um, and then family stuff. Mm-hmm. But first, I just wanted to finish some of the other, the adoption that yeah. was, um, and foster so, care. And right. All that. Okay. So Rebecca came that way. Then Will, um, is, he's 17 now and we got him when he was five weeks old. Oh, wow. Um, it was a domestic adoption and he was just like, we got him um, right before Christmas, and it was like the greatest gift you can ever imagine um, mm-hmm. to have this brand new baby. Um, and by chance, we um, actually had gotten pregnant really easily with John Luke and Sadie, and then we decided to adopt and, and got Will and, and had just not gotten pregnant. It had been taking a little while. So we got Will in December, got pregnant with Bella in January. So those two are 10 months apart. Oh, wow. And they were like little, we called them Destructo 1 and Destructo 2. They were just terrors they were into everything one would push a window up and the other would crawl out it was just crazy so they were only 10 months apart and then um we settled down for a while um didn't have any more children and then we adopted rowdy four years ago so he's now the baby of the family and um he was 12 when we got him he's 16 now so yeah that makes six yeah and one grandbaby and one on the way and uh a new son-in-law on the way too we just oh yes i know congratulations to all the exciting (laughs) things sadie got engaged yes so family's growing yeah definitely a lot happening there and so the what you wrote in strong and kind now you can 
apply to your grandkids. The grandkids. And your kids so have fun. that to pass down. And it's something that you got from your dad yes. and your family. And what y'all would do is, uh, you know, on vacation, mm-hmm. just y'all would sit down and talk about your core values as a family. Right. And, you know, what do we want to stand for? And every year you would kind of update it. And so mm-hmm. I guess when you and Willie yeah. were sitting down, you're like, okay, what are the core values we want to see in our mm-hmm. kids? And yeah. strong and kind, like you said, is what came to you in a Bible study. Yeah, that was our, like one of our things our family did every vacation. We would just sit down and just really talk through like what are the, what's the legacy that we're li- living and leaving as a family and what do we want to, um, what do we really value? And so, yeah, that's where it came from. So strong was for them because like I had lived enough life by that time to realize like you need to be strong like you've got to and I love that verse where it says that God didn't give us a spirit of timidity but one of power and like that we have a lot more strength than we realize that we have because we have the spirit of God like the creator of the universe living inside of us so I um you know it's like we need to be strong we need to understand that and have confidence in that and so um strength was for them I've and I always envisioned these like a big tree with like really deep roots and just kind of like for our kids, like I wanted to just help them grow their roots really deep so that when tough times come, they would be strong enough to withstand it. And so that's kind of like my vision for the kids. It's just like a big tree with really deep roots because like the wind's going to come and it's going to like knock some branches off and it's going to, you're going to sway. But like if you're rooted deep, then you have that strength that you're going to withstand whatever comes your way. And it seems that you and Willie have worked on keeping your roots strong. Yeah. So that is a big thing. And I talk about that a lot in the book because it's like you can't ask your kids to be like confident if you're not living that, you know, or be kind. And you're like, oh, I want you to be kind. And then you're like snapping at the, um, you know, person at the grocery store line or whatever. And so it is like kids definitely, they um, live what they see even more than what you say like they can see right through it if you're not if you're not being genuine and real they can see through it <laughs> yeah like so mom I fast. know I know you wrote that book strong and kind but like yeah were, I feel like there's so many times my kids could just call me out on not being um you know having joy joy something that we focus on a lot in mm-hmm. our house what is your advice for sometimes where you're just like literally not feeling it because we're yeah. like all human oh yeah yeah we all we all hit those moments and everything so I guess my biggest advice to that is just apologize when you make a mistake when you're not doing you know there's times when you're gonna not be you know the greatest you you can be right but then whenever you come back to your senses yeah go in and have a conversation about it. like look we're real people and we make mistakes and that's something that we've really tried to do with our kids too is just like be really real and honest. I've always told my kids, like, if you ask me something, I'm going to tell you the truth and I'm going to be honest about it. And so I think, you know, it's not covering up your mistakes. It's just putting them out there and saying, yeah, we make, we mess up. We're not perfect. And let's talk about that. And then, and it's how you repair it. It's what you do after too, you know, like, um, we talk a lot about taking risk. I think I think being risk takers is really mm-hmm. important, and um, and not being afraid to fail. But it's what you do after that that that's what's important, right? And how to forgive too. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's something too. There's this, um, you know, like when someone says you're, they're sorry, and you're like, it's okay. Well, sometimes it's not okay. Like you need to say like, I forgive you, and they need to understand that like, yeah, you did mess up and you did hurt my feelings, but I forgive you. You know, I think that's a greater. And it's a little uncomfortable because, like, you want to just like, oh, it's okay and just blow it off. But, you know, they need to understand, like, the power of saying you're sorry and forgiveness. Yeah. You know, in the book, I talk about, like, you know, don't take my my words, you know, like, it, you're your kids. It's your family. What are yeah, the things that, out. yeah, what are the things that are really valuable to you, you know? 
And um, yeah, kind was the other one. And that was for other people because I just feel like, you know, if we were all a little kinder, this world would be a much better place. And so kindness is 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 deeper, I think, than like being nice because, you know, we can all be nice. But kindness is actually being really thoughtful of others and their and their feelings and their opinions and listening and all that. That I think that's all entailed in kindness. In your book, you used an example of like one of your kids going back to make sure that, you know, their grandma wasn't walking alone. Uh-huh. And I just thought like for a kid to be that observant and then know that like, hey, everybody else is going to go on this bus, but like grandma's walking slower. Mm-hmm. I can either go on the bus with everybody else or I can go make sure that grandma's not by herself. Like that's an example of yeah. kind. And some kids wouldn't even think of that. But when you know when you're instilling it, I was like, yeah, that's a really good example. I started to think, what would my kids do? What would my kids do? What would my kids do? But we are. And I don't know about with your your 12-year-old son, when you know, getting him at 12. Like my mom never instilled me saying, yes, ma'am, or yes, sir, to people. Mm-hmm. And so it was harder for me to learn that. Yeah. And some of my friends, like, if they didn't say it, like they were in trouble. And their mm-hmm. moms made sure they always said, yes, ma'am, and yes, sir. And then with our kids, we didn't start it right away when they got here. But mm-hmm. like our daughter, she's 12 now. And it's like, okay, I guess I'm looking to you for like, at, is yeah. it ever too late? And some people listening right now might be like, oh, well, we haven't, we didn't set our family core values and our kids are teenagers. And what's your advice to people where it's like, you just feel like it's a little overwhelming because you feel like it's a little too late and you wish you're focused on how you wish you would have started yeah. a long time ago. Yeah. I think that is a hard thing because always, I mean, you know, now anytime you can look back and now with having grandkids, I'm like, okay, how am I going to even do it differently with them that I did with my kids? What do I wish I would have known? So you can always look back and think that, but I don't think it's ever too late. And yes, but, but yes, I will say, um, adopting a 12 year old it's different because a lot of those things are already learned and mm-hmm. so they're having to relearn and so you you feel compassion I felt compassion for him because I'm like oh he's coming into this family that's so different and he's having to just relearn everything but at the same time you know you want you're like as a mom you're like oh I want him to do all these things so um yeah for him we really struggled with negativity he was like had a real just so we had, I don't know how many talks about, like, look for the silver lining and how do you find the good? And let's say the three good things that you see in this situation rather than the three bad things, you know. So um, it took it takes a lot of, like, training and retraining and a lot of talking and a lot of conversations. So I just want to say, like, don't give up. I mean, a lot of parenting is really just about consistency, whether they're 2 or 10 or 15, you know. And it is hard because you get exhausted as a mom. You're like, okay. I give up. Like, I'm tired of, of trying to do this. I've been having the same conversation for years now. But don't give up. You know, stay consistent with it. Keep your message consistent. And um, they'll get it eventually. I, I really believe that they will. Okay. I think even, like, for ourselves, like, we can be so stressed about all the little things in life, the things that don't even really matter at all. Like, you're not going to remember 10 years from now. You're not even going to remember a year from now. But it's those values that are the things that we should like, that's what we should be thinking about for ourselves as well. There's a, um, I said something in the book about, like, I think in our world today, a lot of times we value, like, characters, like, on television and all that. Yes. Like, we love mm-hmm. to see, like, you know, people who are characters and who are out there personalities and all this. But, like, do we value character, like, having a good, having a good character, like, that inner self? And, I mean, that's the things that 
that make your life honestly better and easier whenever you you live a life that's honest and truthful and that's joyful and that's with gratitude and that's humble and and all those things that that are strong and kind and all those things that which, are values. Which is the next thing I want to get into mm-hmm. and we'll talk about in just a second is gratitude. That'll be our second thing that we'll cover. And you know, as we wrap up this little first thing, have you? That's the only book that I've read of yours. Do you have another one? Yeah. So we did. Well, whenever the show first came out, we uh-huh. did one called the Duck Commander Family. That's okay. just like our our story, Willie and I's story of like, and our whole family story of, you know. And y'all are both just so interesting to me. So and, and even if you haven't ever watched Duck Dynasty or anything, like y'all are just, y'all grew up so um, differently. Yes, we did. And so, and then you combined your worlds and we it's like, did. okay, there's just, a, there's, it's, y'all are interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah. We, we, this will be, this is like the best demonstration that I can tell you to see how different our families were. So like we both had faith at our core. So that was the only the only thing that was alike. Like they lived out on the river and Willie says that when he first came to our house and he was like the grass was mowed, he was like all the grass was the same length. He was like, what? You know, like he didn't grow up in a subdivision or anything like that. But when we so I was 17 when we decided to get married, 17, I was 18. And of course, you know, we told our parents and my parents were like had like a PowerPoint presentation about like, wow, that's probably not a good idea at 17. You know, like they set us down and like rationally or like trying to go through like, wow, what things we need to think about and why that probably um, might not work, you know, all this stuff. We go to his parents and his dad was like, we can get married at 16 in Arkansas. What what are you waiting on? So that that'll yeah. show you the difference, you know? Wow. Yeah, very so different. we compromised and I was 18. We got married. I was, <laughs> okay. That's such the compromise. Yes, exactly. Like, yeah. It was so nice of you. Um, so in that first book, does it cover a yes, lot of that? Yes. We talk a lot about that. Yeah. And yeah. About the differences. And we go through things like a lot of it is business because Willie and I have been a real team and growing um, Duck Commander and the business. Because you're heavily about, involved in that. I mean, you yeah, work with him every day. That's right. And so some people, if they're not as familiar, that maybe I don't want that yeah. to be lost on them like you're you're kind of you got your hands in it all yeah we talk about that a lot and what it's like to work together and then and just um yeah our family story and then I've got a couple of kids books like devotional kid books yeah. okay mm-hmm. love it so Thanks. so much to check out book wise from Corey Thanks. Second thing. Second thing we're going to talk about is gratitude. So Brene Brown says, and I say this on the podcast all the time, people are like, okay, we get it already. But there is no joy without gratitude. So something that we focus on here at times is, you know, trying to think of things that you're grateful for and rattle them off. I had my kids on a couple of weeks ago talking about the things they were thankful for. And it was so sweet to see it come from like a childlike perspective, because sometimes I think we can get wrapped around that it has to be this grandiose stuff mm-hmm. that we're thankful for are really deep and complex. Yes. But I mean, you know, my kids are like popcorn. <laughs> but <laughs> so then they good. also were like, you know, a roof, a house. I yeah. Because they, they came from an orphanage. They know that their life is different. So there was some more like mm-hmm. really like kid serious stuff. I'm thankful for shoes and clothes. Yeah. But then also my daughter was like for technology. <laughs> she loves Netflix. <laughs> so what, how what role does gratitude play in, in your life and your family's life? And then, you know, if you just wanted to think of, since this is the Four Things podcast, if you just wanted to share with us four things that you're grateful for today. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's gratitude is, is everything. Like, that is such a great point about, like, joy. That is where your joy comes from is what, what you're grateful for. And it's, I always tell the kids, too, when they were little, and we still talk about, like, your, your, what you think about is powerful. It shapes who you are and how you act and everything. So if you focus on the negative things, then 
that's where your life is going to go. You focus on the positive. And I think that's a big thing about gratitude is like if you look at the things that you that you're grateful for, then you realize your life is actually pretty good, you know. And, um, you know, probably if you're listening to this, then you've got some things to be grateful for. You got a you got a, you know, a phone that you're listening to this podcast or whatever. So you can start backtracking it that way. So anyway, gratitude is huge in our life. So four things. This is fun. Well, first, I mean, I got to say my grandbaby and one on the way. I mean, it is like the most joy. It's so much fun. It's all of the good and none of the bad. You get to just love on that baby, kiss on him and then like pass him back. And, you know, but it's so much fun. I am in love with him. If you haven't seen him, you can have to go look at our Instagram because, you know, I post oh, share your Instagram quite a bit. So that- oh, I'm Boss Hog's wife. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, he is the cutest little thing. And we have another on the way. So we, you know, just like staring at the ultrasound pics right now. And we can't wait for another one. So much fun. Did you think you would be a grandma at, you are so young. Well, we did start young. Okay, that's true. I forgot. Yeah, we We got married young. I had John Luke when I was almost 22. So we started young. So yeah, I thought, Mm -hmm. and my mom has been as a really young grandma. And so I love that. So it's, it's a blast. And second, well, this is related is grown kids because grown kids are so much fun. Um, John Luke actually wrote in my Mother's Day thing, he wrote, Thank you for having me so that now we can be friends. And I love it because when your kids are grown, you get to be friends with them. We just get to have fun together. And I mean, the the parenting, like, you know, worries and things like that don't go away. You're still, even though, you know, your kids are grown, you're still a mom. Like, you're still going to worry about them and think, think, you know, pray for the things that they're going through. But there's just like a, a real joy in it, knowing that like, OK, they're grown, they're on their own, like they have a job, they're doing the things that they're supposed to do. They're married. And um, it's it's a lot of fun. I don't know where it is that I heard this story about Sadie, but just thinking of you saying you're thankful for grown kids mm-hmm. and you've got to be proud of how they've all grown into who they mm-hmm. are. And Sadie, I'll just you know, single her out for a second because this is a story I heard about her. And I don't know if it was a podcast I was listening to that you were on or something, but you talked about like when she was younger, she would kind of preach on the coffee table or something. Yes. And then now she's out as, you know, a grown woman like uh-huh. speaking and preaching and doing her thing. And she's so awesome at it. But I mean, she was doing it at a young age, too. Yes, I will say I actually just pulled out a journal that I wrote whenever our kids were little and I was reading them some of the things that they did. And it's like they are the same people. Like it's just you realize more how like God created us each so unique and so originally. And it's almost like I was like, did I really just fed y'all? That's pretty much all I did, because like you were born who you are. And so I've kind of come to this recently. I'm like, you know, I think our jobs as moms is not is really to just help them to be who they are, you know, help protect them from the things of the world that will can stop that, the fears that stop them from like being who they are and who they're meant to be, stop them, protect them from the things that I guess not protect, but I guess um, and help them to learn how to deal with the things that might stop them from like being who they are and achieving the things that God places in them. But yeah, she was like, I have a video. So we pulled this out when she was 16. My dad actually pulled it out and um because we all remembered it and she was standing on the coffee table preaching and she was just so cute. I mean, she actually kind of had some pretty good theology. She was like, I don't care if you're a jail person or policeman, God loves you. And she is just going after it. But the really amazing thing, because when we watched it, Duck Dynasty had just come out and um, we had reached this like crazy level of like fame that we had never dreamed of. 
And she's standing there preaching and she says, and even if I get famous one day, I will not think of myself. I will remember God. Mm-hmm. And we just like start bawling because we were like, when she said that, like I was a children's minister at a church. Willie was working at a youth camp. Like there was no like indication that we were going to be famous someday. So it was like God just implanted that in her and prepared her for that. And and she um, made a promise that she would not just think of herself. She remembered God and she has. And that's been a really cool thing to see. Yeah, yeah. I have goosebumps hearing <laughs> you say that because it's just okay. as a mom, that's got to be, yeah, like you're seeing your grown children. Yeah. So that's the second thing you're grateful mm-hmm. for. And what's the third? So third is a husband who cooks because I am not a cook. I'm terrible. Like, really? Oh, I'm so bad. Like, I just can't. I, I think I just get distracted. And like, so Phil's nickname for me is burnt toast because like I will like literally burn the toast. But Willie is a really good cook and he loves it. Like, it's like his fun. Like, even if we're not home, he'll like cook something just really good for himself. Or if like I'm home by myself, I'll eat ice cream. And so, um, so I love that, that he cooks and that it makes for a lot of fun. Is um, he big into grilling or just it's does everything. everything? Like he's just, that's how my dad yeah, is, was, is. Yeah. He does it all. Like he doesn't do desserts, but he does like really everything. And Willie's kind of a, like he gets on one thing and then he's like on it, you know, for a while. And then he perfects that. Then he moves to something else, which is fun. And Phil really cooks too. It's interesting. Like all of, all of the Robertsons, they just really value good food and, mm-hmm. And they'll tell you if it's not good, too. Oh. Like, it's not. Don't worry. <laughs> is that what's happened to you? That's what happened to me. Like, they made enough fun of me. I'm like, fine. I'm good at other things. I won't do that. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah. I'm, that's I'm good. You know your that. strengths. That's right. That's, and you're not going to fake it. I think so, that's a good thing. Yeah. I think I always thought I would be this cook, especially once we got kids. I think I cooked actually a lot more before we got them because I had more time. But yeah. then I'm also a working mom and there's a lot happening. Yeah. And, like, literally, I basically want almost nothing to do mm-hmm. with the food, which is so not how I thought I was going to be. Yeah. I thought well, that's just what I'm supposed to do. So uh-huh. I do it. And then I realized like, okay, well, that's just not my strength. Right. Like, it's it's just not. Yeah. So, but part of me, I don't know. It's like this inner thing. Like I feel bad about it. Yeah. But you're giving me validation. That it's it's okay. fine. Just let it go. So when ours were little, I remember we were sitting around and there's a bunch of moms and everyone was complaining about that, about like the meals at night and how stressful it was and how we, and I was like, you know what? I think I can solve this problem for our family. So I, there was a girl, a lady at church that was like a friend of mine that loved to cook. And I was like could I pay you to cook for us for like two nights a week and just bring it to our house? And she was like, yeah, that'd be amazing. I'd love to make some extra money and I like to cook anyway. And so whenever ours were little, we didn't have a lot of money and it wasn't that much. I mean, I paid her like, was it? It was like what we would less than what we would do to eat out. But we had a home cooked meal like twice a week and it was a friend of mine that did it and it worked out great. Yeah, it was so, a win-win. Yeah, exactly. So it was like, you know, sometimes it's like you, you can sit around and complain about it or you can just be like, okay, I'm not good at that. Someone else is, let them do it. You know, when you do have a lot going on, you've got to be resourceful and figure it out. And mm-hmm. then if you can help somebody else that loves to cook and is looking to make extra money and you can work it into your budget, like then, yeah, I think home cooked meals are good. We're not amazing at getting around the table. How often when your kids were little, were y'all eating around the table? Mm-hmm. We do. We have always really valued that. I do think that's something okay. important. And I'm like I said, I'm thankful that Willie did. And even when they were little, like. You know, I cobbled together some kind of meals to to make that happen. But um, I don't really know. It's just different in different seasons. Right. And I don't but, think that there's, you Yeah, know, there's not a magic number. But I do think that is an important thing for a family yes. to sit around the table. I'll agree mm-hmm. because that we don't do it often. And I kick myself for not doing it enough. But again, it's just the schedules. And right. my husband travels. I travel. The kids eat at different times. And it's just the whole thing. But when we do, 
I feel it. Yeah. Their energy is different. They laugh more. They share more. We're all bonding more as a family. And I'm like, well, shoot. We've yeah. got to figure this out because it just is better. And I'm like, why is this only happening once in a blue moon? Right. So I think that that's something that's important. Third thing is that your oh, husband, husband can cook. Okay. So what is the fourth so thing? The fourth thing is Sunday afternoon naps. Mm. Like my kids know that like I'm going to get a good Sunday afternoon nap in. And something about it, it's like I've always done it. Even when they were little, I just made that time and I took that time. And like, you know, even if I don't sleep, I like lay down and read or whatever for a little bit on Sunday afternoon. I just think I think you need that time to recharge. And something about Sundays that just, you know, we j- I just kind of have always tried to protect that and made sure and, and take a little time to to just relax on Sunday afternoon. I brought you another little, I know we shipped you a four things tote, like um, a black one, but I brought you this pink one, I which love is it. for Mother's Day, it was our mom goals tote, but now it's not Mother's Day anymore. So we're making it more of like a life mantra tote, which I think is like, um, love hard, have grace, um, laugh often and get sleep. So perfect. I just thought of that. Oh my gosh, it's perfect. Inside of there, there's some goodies and what two, like two little bottles of vital proteins, um, sleep, Juice. Oh, I don't know if you've ever had that, but it's a sleep shot. And okay. so if you're, maybe because you're traveling. This is a funny story. When Sadie was little, so I had like Will and Bella were tiny and we had four little kids and everything. And I was like protecting that Sunday afternoon nap. So on Mother's Day, you know how the kids write, like, you know, what your mom likes to do or what they eat or whatever. And it was like your mom's favorite food, your mom's favorite thing to do. Sadie put sleep and she drew me in, she drew me in a bed. I was like, this is really embarrassing, but okay, thank you. That's like, hey, right now, I know that as a mom, exactly. you're like, well, shoot, I do so much more than I that. I know, but yeah. Like, as a mom looking on to like, that's so you're, I'm like, goals. <laughs> yes. Please let me be known for that at some point. All right. I want to tell you about something really awesome that Macy's is doing. It is currently Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, online and in-store. For the entire month of May, you can join Macy's in supporting AAPI-owned fashion brands. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or simply round up in-store to APIA scholars. Now, APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. And Macy's has made it super easy. You can just round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA Scholars, which is an educational nonprofit. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Again, that's Macy's.com. You're going to be doing some shopping anyway. Why not round up and give back? That's Macy's.com or in-store. All right, so I've been saving on shopping this year by only buying new clothes when I've sold some clothes that I no longer wear. And what this has done is it's forced me to be super wise when I'm adding clothes back into my closet. I want to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and that's where Quince comes into play. You can go see for yourself all the awesome stuff they have, uh, especially for summer right now, like European linen dresses and blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, 14-karat gold jewelry, so much more. And if you're like me, you're like, hmm, this just seems too good to be true. Well, what Quince does is they partner directly with top factories, and they cut out the cost of the middleman, and they pass the savings on to us. So we are getting things for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. For example, I'm literally looking on their website right now at this 
open knit cover up maxi dress that'll be great for the summer, 100% organic cotton, and it's $49.90. It could retail for $148. So that's 66% savings. And with warm weather here, you need to check out Quince. All you got to do is go to quince.com slash Amy for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash Amy. You're going to get free shipping. Again, 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash Amy. I don't want to waste my time taking vitamins that aren't really going to do much for me. Like I want research. I want to know like, hey, this is actually doing something for my body. And Ritual knows this. That's why they conducted the research. They've done clinical trials on their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin. The results, well, it increased vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. And as a woman, I want healthy vitamin D levels and omega-3 levels. And all I got to do is take my Ritual Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin every morning. I take them on an empty stomach, but sometimes if I forget, I may take them in the afternoon. It's really up to you when you want to take them. There's nine key nutrients in two delayed release capsules. And what the delay release capsules does for us is it optimizes our body's absorption of these nutrients. It's gentle on the empty stomach. Like I said, I can take it first thing in the morning and I'm totally fine. And with a minty essence in every bottle, it actually makes taking your vitamins enjoyable. No more shady business. Ritual is essential for women. 18 plus is a multivitamin that you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash four things. Start ritual or add essential for women 18 plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash four things for 25% off. A friend was over for dinner the other day and, you know, we were just making conversation around the table, asking questions. And this friend said to my daughter, like, hey, what's something that makes your mom happy? And her response without missing a beat was clean countertops. Wiping down the countertops is a simple way for me to reset, especially when the smell is just right. And by smell, I'm talking about coconut. Coconut scented Clorox Sentiva is my go-to. And I personally love that she answered that without hesitation. That means she knows me well, and that's really special. And of course, yeah, I do love clean countertops. I love wiping them down. I will always choose the smell of coconut over anything. I don't know what scent matches your vibe, but there's coconut, there's grapefruit, there's lavender. And again, for me, it's always going to be coconut. My kitchen smells like a little tropical vacation when I use it. And I love that with Clorox, I know I'm getting a really good clean as well. So it's a powerful clean and a refreshing scent. Clorox Sentiva cleans like Clorox and feels like confidence. You can get yours now at a retail store near you. Let's go over how to throw a good party because I feel like you put on fun parties and you're all about that. And I think that sometimes we feel stuck and we want to do something, but we need like a fresh idea. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you've got some good ideas. Ah, well, I do love a good party. And like we party a lot in our family. We have a big family. So there's always something something to celebrate, I think. And so, yeah, we've always done like fun parties, but they're not like big and like, you know, not necessarily expensive. Like one was we've done this like twice. We did it for John Luke whenever he was in high school and Bella too. We had this jello party. And so like your entrance into the jello party is like you have to bring like eight 
bags of Jello. Eight, like eight. Okay. Like you got to make a lot of Jello for this to work. And then we put like big pools, like baby pools, out. And you dump the Jello in the pools, and you just like wrestle in the Jello. Oh, which is really fun. <laughs> It's actually really fun for teenagers. And then, like, I mean, we've had some that have been a little, like, too over the top. Like, we had fight night one time when John Luke was little and, like, someone broke their nose. And, like, that probably wasn't a good idea. Oh, gosh. Probably was not a good <laughs> idea. So, um, but, yeah. So, Sadie and Christian just got engaged. Uh-huh. And we um, had a big, like, kind of like a Summer Olympics. But it was just, like, weird sports that we did and had two teams. And so, I think the fun thing about the throwing a party is, like, you just got to think of the fun little quirky things. So we had two teams and they just were colored bandanas, but we made shirts with just iron on. So like the winners got the winner shirts that like had Sadie and Christian throwing up a winner, winner sign, you know, and the losers got loser shirts where they had like the L, the big L and they were like looking sad. Yeah, they're the mm-hmm. losers, you know. So like we just try to think of fun, quirky things to make the party like memorable and something that, you know, you can do. And the winner, the loser gets to walk away with that keepsake. Too. Yeah. It's like, oh, remember when y'all got like, I feel like that's, that's right. a fun thing that like 20 years from now, I'll be like, remember this from Sadie's yes. engagement party instead of just the traditional engagement party y'all yeah. wanted to celebrate them in a more fun way right. i think that that's that's so not where my brain goes <laughs> is to like just do something really fun like that and memorable and what are people really going to enjoy or do should, you know yeah. and not that the other parties which is typically right. what i would probably throw are bad yeah because that's still good but like ways to make it an experience it's about being a little bit thoughtful ahead of time so that you can make it a memory and so like yeah trophies are super cheap to buy so like We'll buy trophies and you get a trophy if you do something, you know, and people so like, what's an activity that, memory? that somebody would have to do to like win a trophy, win a trophy. Well, one of the things we did, we have a pond behind our house. So we did like a home run derby, but it was with golf balls and bats. And so like each team got like 50 golf balls. And so whoever you had to hit it over the pond and like we counted it and all and that kind of thing to see who which team hit the most over the pond, which they thought was really fun. Or just like little, you know, we played around the world ping pong and the last person standing, you know, wins. And so those kind of things are just as simple and not even hard. We played a game called water balloon volleyball. You blow up volleyballs and like it's like you've got to catch them. If it busts on you, you're out. You know? Oh, not, okay, so, so you, the water balloon is the volleyball. Yes. And you're like... But you have. it's really more like water balloon nuke them because you've got to catch it. Okay. But if it busts on you, then you're out. But also we do a lot of just like normal parties too, you know, as far as like, and it's, and we don't make a big deal about it. It might just be like, hey, you bring a salad, you bring bread, you bring this and we're going to make the meat. And so it's more let's get together. Style. Yeah. Just, uh-huh. You don't put all the stress on yourself, but That's delegate. Right. Delegate. I'm all like about that. Sometimes when people are hosting, they just don't want people to have to worry. Right. So they want to try to handle it all. And mm-hmm. then they're just flustered. Yeah. I've, I've been guilty of that. And then you're running around and you don't even really know if you're enjoying it. And you don't know where the day went because you spent the whole day planning. But that's right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Make it easy on yourself. I think it's really about being together. You know, you need to remember that the party is about being together. And so if it is about, yeah, someone else bring in something to make it easier to wear. And also, like, Willie is a cook, so that's really nice. But, um, but you know, people will come and, like, we don't have it all ready and set when they get there. Like, it's like, hey, can you chop these vegetables? Can you do this? And that just creates that environment where everyone's talking, everyone feels a part of it. Yeah, it's more important to have people together. Because I think some people probably put off having people over. Yes. They want to be the, the have people over people, but then they get mm-hmm. too stressed about it. But it's probably best yes. to just let that go. And don't worry about that and worry right. about the the community, the fellowship, the the gathering. And I think that that's something that y'all have done so well and you've emulated to other people that 
like this, how it's done and that that's going to make your family and your friendships stronger. Yeah, I will say so, you know, we talked a little bit about our families being so different and they were like so different as far as the way we were raised and everything and some in a lot of ways. But the one thing that another thing that was super consistent besides face was hospitality. Both of our families, even though Willie grew up without much, I mean, they had a two bedroom house with four boys and, a mom, and one bathroom and a tiny kitchen. And they were commercial fishing to just make ends meet, but they would have fish fries all the time down there. And like their house was not perfect at all. Their kitchen was tiny, but they were always having people over. Like if they had an abundance, they caught abundance fish, it was like, hey, come down and we'll have a fish fry. And my family was the same way. Like we always had youth group at our house. We always had, we did have a, where we were blessed. We had a spare bedroom, but it was like never empty. Someone was always living there, like a family that needed a place to live for a little while or a single mom, or we had foster kids. We had, we always just kind of like filled up our house with people. And whenever we had a little of our abundance, we used that to be hospitable. And so that's how Billy's family was. And that's how mom was too. So we really did see that in our homes. So you had the example of your parents being foster parents. Yes. Oh, wow. We okay. did. I yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah. So um, they never went through the like direct foster care system, but we had a couple of teenagers that lived with us that were needing places to live because they struggled in their home. And then um, we had two single moms that lived with us for extended time with their kids and so had a lot of people in and out of our home all throughout our life and so kind of just saw that of like you know like if you if you have some to give do it why not yeah mm-hmm. no my mom was similar in that and sometimes she would she worked with a ministry that worked with women that had been in jail and they would come and they you know, some women they were getting back on their feet and a couple of them lived with my mom, I think I had already moved out and co- I was like in college time, so I didn't get to experience too much of it, but I always loved that she had that heart because mm-hmm. some people would even, were judging her for it. Like, oh, are you sure? Because, yeah. you know, one of the women's boyfriend was still in jail and mm-hmm. they worried about my mom's safety. And my yeah. mom was just like, I have this space. My girls are grown and gone and I want to use it. I love that. And so I guess what you're saying is you just got to, you just got to do it. Yeah. Who I think cares? Just start, don't worry about, yeah, we really, um, yeah, our house is not perfectly clean or anything like that. I, I, I tell people like our floors, kids rollerblade on our floors or whatever, you know, it's just like it's your house is meant to be used and to be lived in and loved. And um, I think having people over and just opening it up to others is a really important thing. Yeah. So if you're yeah. hesitant about having the party, just have the party. Just do it. That's right. And tell people to bring stuff. You don't yeah. have to do it all. Boom. There you go. Okay, let's talk about the mission work that y'all are involved in and like y'all have like the biggest hearts for others. And I think sometimes people hear mission work, they feel like it has to be overseas somewhere and it's mm-hmm. just not not the case. And I know that you're big on exposure to the world and the needs of the world and traveling the world, but some people listening, it's like, that's just not where they can serve. Yeah. Um, but I want to touch on both of them because I think that they're they're both important and you and you do both. Yeah, so there's no better person to kind of Aww. bring in to, well, to talk about and encourage us to to serve wherever we can. Yeah, I do think it's really important. I think that, um, you know, it is a, a way to like see that like 
it also, I think it helps with the gratitude like we talked about. Mm-hmm. And also it just changes your perspective of like, oh my goodness, here I am complaining about this or that. And like, I have so much and I have so much abundance. And it just, it, I think it really changes your life whenever you open your eyes to the needs of others. You know, not looking at your own needs and your own problems and you open your eyes to the needs of others. It just changes your perspective. So um, I think internally it's really important, but externally it, it makes the world a better place. And that's our responsibility. That's part of what we're here on earth to do. You know, my dad always has a saying like all ships rise. When you help somebody else, it helps you as well. And when you help the community, it helps yourself. And I just have a real, you know, one of the experiences that I had that I was really blessed to go to Ethiopia a few years ago. And I had done mission work before and gone to um, seen, you know, done things in children's homes and all that. But this was a chance where I was really with these moms. And like, I was like, I remember this moment this mom came in and she was so like passionate. We were in her home and, she, and the home was literally truthfully smaller than my bathroom. Yeah. It was her whole entire home. Mm-hmm. And um, her little girls, they had prepared a little some tea for us. And we sat down and um, she was just came in just talking, just like really passionately talking. And I couldn't understand what she was saying because she was talking to our translator that or the, actually the local leader that we were there with. And um, afterwards, I said, what was she saying? And he was like, she wants to open a business. And she's like telling me her idea and how like, you know, what kind of fun she needs and everything. And I was like, that's me. Like that, that mom is me. What if I were that mom? And I was sitting there trying to figure out how I was going to feed my kids tomorrow. You know, she's a mom that she was HIV positive and she had lost her husband to AIDS and she's trying to raise her children. And she's just doing the best she can trying to figure out how to, how to do that. And I just felt that like real connection of like, if I were that mom, I would be sitting there trying to like pitch my business idea so like I could get the funds to like do something. And right. I think whenever you you realize that, like, you know, we're so blessed to like, I don't know why I was born in Louisiana and America and had the blessing that I have. I don't know why that happened, but I know that I can do something to help someone else's life be a little bit better. And so that's how we live our life. And it, it can be going to Ethiopia or it can be just in your hometown. I think um, there's a verse that talks about like, don't, and we just talked about parties and hospitality. And there's a verse that talks about like, don't just invite over the person that can give back to you. Invite over the person that you expect nothing in return from, Mm -hmm. you know, invite over the one that can't invite you back. And that's where your reward, because if you invite the rich person over, that's like, oh, they can give you something back, then that's your reward. But if you invite somebody over that couldn't, then um, your reward's even greater in heaven. And so that's the way we try to live our lives, you know, look to like, look at who maybe doesn't have, a, not going to spend any time with someone at Christmas yeah, and invite them to your Christmas or Thanksgiving. You know, holidays are a really big thing, time that's lonely for a lot of people. So we try to kind of look around and be like, okay, why don't you come and join our Christmas? So those are things that you can just do in little bit in life. That makes a huge difference for people. So like my kids, I felt like coming from Haiti, they would come to America and suddenly just be naturally be grateful for yeah. the mm-hmm. things that they have. But they're kids. I mean, mm-hmm. my daughter was 10 when she got here. Now she's 12. And then Stevenson was like seven. And now he's almost nine. Mm-hmm. So but ooh, that's that's gone. I don't know if they were appreciating a lot when they first got here because they didn't speak a lot of English yeah. and that was difficult. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> but, you know, we got through that in the first six months. We're pretty brutal. But, you know, we're now settled in and we're kind of English is happening, wow. which has been great. But, you know, we're having some learning moments where it's just like, guys, like what? How are y'all not grateful for this? Like in my mm-hmm. mind, I'm so perplexed. Like how knowing the orphanage and how it right. was there 
you know mm-hmm. what life was like there yeah. and then you know what it's like here. So why why are yeah. we not having a grateful heart? Right. I've this. experienced that too with our, our youngest and, and because he came from, you know, a difficult situation, but then I think it's part of just our human nature. I guess it's like how easily we forget, mm-hmm. you know, how easily we forget, especially kids, you know, we forget the blessings that we have unless we, we're conscious about bringing them to the forefront of our minds. I have this book called Children Around the World and we and it talked about like, I love that book. It talked about like, you know, like what they ate and how they lived and what they did, how they, where they got their water and things like that. And just how like, you know, we have to understand that like, we're all the same, essentially. Like we all want the same things like love dignity hope we all want we all want those same we have the same basic needs but we live really differently you know if there's ways that we can help someone live a little bit better then we should we should try to do that if someone's listening right now and they're like hey mm-hmm. well where do I start in my community mm-hmm. like do I see if there's like a soup kitchen yeah. or somewhere to serve or somewhere to pack food or at the food right. bank or I think it's important to include them in the things that you're doing. Yeah, because sometimes we can do it and it's easier if like you do it yourself. But if you include your kids in it, it just that is where those teaching moments happen. So, yeah, we you know, when they were they were little, there are people that maybe we bought for for um, Christmas or whatever. And we take them shopping and like have the list of their names and like be really thoughtful about what they might want or what they might like and how old they are and things like that. So that's one way you can do it at home Mm -hmm. or um, the soup kitchen or even little things like um, one of the things that Willie started with them when they were little was um, they would pick out the, the, the house that did the, had the best Christmas lights on our street and they would write them a note and say, thank you for doing this. Your Christmas lights are really beautiful. And they go put the note in their mailbox, you know, just little things to like be thoughtful about, Oh, someone else did something nice. They put up great Christmas lights that we can enjoy. Let's, Let's thank them. Yeah. You know, so. And having, like, showing the, like, being thankful of your neighbors or expressing gratitude towards mm-hmm. them. I mean, that's a way of serving your community. That's right. Because yeah. it's all, like, sort of uh-huh. in theme with your um, strong and then kind. Like, yes. that's that's raising up kindness. And when you have that kindness that's already kind of brewing in you, then mm-hmm. it bleeds into other areas of, like, compassion and serving and yeah. wanting to be there for others even yeah. if it's just like your neighbor like uh-huh. that letter I mean that's just such a good that's like sparking so much in my head I'm like okay well my kids first got here they were confused about neighbors so we had them bake cookies they just uh-huh. didn't understand what a neighbor was right so like well let's go meet the neighbors so we baked uh-huh. cookies and took the cookies to the neighbor we we're like this is your neighbor here give them the cookies and yeah. they were kind of they weren't like totally into it so it was a little awkward but uh-huh. they're like here's cookies like yeah, we're your neighbor so sweet I love it but like people put Christmas lights or whatever to make their house pretty. But like knowing that your other neighbors like enjoy it and sticking that note in their box then opens up dialogue and communication and then friendliness and then you can build a relationship. And it's like if you ever need something. But I guess my point, too, is like we did the cookies and it didn't really like open that up. And I know your maybe your neighborhood vibe might be different. It's like it might be a little bit more friendly or Louisiana and like <laughs> like I know we're in Nashville, but. My block isn't, I still don't really feel like I know my neighbors. Yeah. Like, I just still, and I, that bugs me because growing mm-hmm. up, like, this is going to sound so cliche, but, like, if we needed a cup of sugar, like, I lived in a cul-de-sac, and I could literally, I didn't have to go to the grocery store. Yeah. I would walk across the street to the Wilsons or the Andrews. I still know them. <laughs> and I would be like, do you have a cup of sugar? My mom's out. And they'd be like, yeah. here you go. Here's two cups. Uh-huh. And so that, that was so cool to yeah. me. But we had that. But I don't know that we ever you know, did things with the, like my parents ever did things with me to make sure we were thanking our neighbors for like 
yeah, having, you know, a beautiful Christmas lights yeah. display. Because the Andrews definitely did. Shout out <laughs> Linda and Bill. Like, they definitely did. But, you know, it probably would have created even more of a special relationship. Yeah. And I feel like people would appreciate that. Uh-huh. And they're like, oh, that family noticed our work and what yeah. we did. And we wanted it to look good. And But, well, I, mean, I think. The, I don't know why the, now this has made me like you know, feel like I don't know like, my neighbors. <laughs> But the thing is, it's like the the kids still got the teaching lesson, I think, they about did. doing that, even if it didn't like necessarily spark what you might have thought it sparked. But it still it, it showed them something. And I think that that's really important that you made the effort I know. and you tried. But so now, that's because important. of Willie, I think I might have them like leave little notes in their mailbox. Yeah. But honestly, they'll that's probably be like, what's going on with these creepy kids? Yeah, <laughs> leaving me notes so in funny. their mailbox. But I think, yeah, just find, continue to find ways to engage. Yeah, that's right. I think it's just looking for the little things. And like, and yeah, if you have the opportunity to go somewhere and take your kids to travel to see the world in a different way. We started at double digits that our kids went on like an admission trip when they were 10. So after 10. Yes, after 10 is whenever we started kind of taking them with us to see things like that. But part of that was because we couldn't afford to take our kids or you know before that so we've like okay let's set a, a, a line of like when we will start taking them and make sure we can save up and and do that but yeah it's looking for the little things one thing that john luke so and that's part of having grown kids and being like oh i'm so proud like he has a jeep and hit one of his favorite things is to pull people out of ditches which happens in louisiana so like he like loves it when someone he sees someone stuck he's like oh i get to pull it out you <laughs> yes. know and um another thing one day he i looked in his glove compartment and he had some like little cash in there and i said something about it. i was like oh good idea save some cash he was like i just like to have it in case i want to like give somebody some money so he keep like 20s in his glove compartment in case he needs to which don't you know if he in case he needs to see somebody and yeah give him some money no, you know it's just, i love that i at one point in time had snacks in the back of my car for that reason and yeah. i ate them <laughs> I'm totally guilty of sometimes when I don't have anything, I just feel awkward. Yeah, me too. And I'm at the red light, and Mm -hmm. I just am like, well, you know what? I'm just not going to make eye contact because that's what's better for me at the moment. Yeah. And then I I will kick myself after. I'm like, why did I act that way? Because, you know, if all I had to give was a wave and a smile, I should have given a wave and a smile. Because Uh that is at least acknowledging that he's a human. That's really or she, good. Or there, yes, that's so good. I love that because I do feel that way too. You feel awkward because you're like, I don't know what to do in this situation. But yeah, just give them a smile or so God like, bless you or something like that. Yeah. So mission something. work could be going to Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. It can be going to Haiti. It can be um, sticking a note in your neighbor's mailbox saying they have pretty Christmas lights. There you go. It can be smiling at the guy on the corner. It can be pulling somebody out of a ditch. <laughs> like, really, the I mean, yeah. that is true, quote, mission work. That's and right. Like, literally loving your neighbor, mm-hmm. whether it's next door or from afar, like really, really far away, like Ethiopia, which go. I went to Africa probably... Oh my gosh, what year was it? I don't know, maybe 2012, uh-huh. I think. I went to Kenya and it was like one of the best experiences of my life. And I was there for two weeks, but it's just, it's hard to get there. And I yeah. get it. Like people won't, I feel it very is. lucky that I got to yeah. go and experience that because a lot of people won't ever. And it seems like a lifetime ago. And I can't believe that I did get to do that and I pinch mm-hmm. myself. And I feel the same way about Haiti too, but there was mm-hmm. definitely something special to me about Kenya. Yeah. Um, and that's what ignited me even wanting to go to Haiti. And honestly, at the time it was because Haiti was on my heart, but we could get there so much easier. Right. Uh-huh. And um, with work schedules and whatnot. But there mm-hmm. is something about when you find that place, if you can serve and that you are supposed to be, like it just feels right. And you just soak up all this stuff that 
you know, the things that used to matter to you, you're like, God, that just really doesn't matter. I can't believe that, like you were saying. That that. I complained about that. Yeah. That I complained about laundry when I have a washing machine. Mm -hmm. You know, I complained about. Yeah. And you can see the pictures, but like to be in a little village in Kenya and see a woman that just walked, you know, a mile and a half to get clean water. Right. And then put a bucket on her head and literally walk a mile and a half back home. And she might make that trip multiple times. right. A day, you're mm-hmm. just like, okay, wow. There's a book called Women in the Material World. It's like a, it's a photo book. It's beautiful, and it's about women in different parts of the world and like how they live and their lives and everything. And I, I've always loved that book. I had, it's like a coffee table book. I oh, had okay. it whenever our kids were little. And I, if you know, if I got a little like complainy about my life, I would just sit down and like look at that book and be like, you know what? I have like nothing to complain about here, you know, because we ha- we are so blessed. We do have so much. And that was called Women in, Women the, ma- in the Material, material World. world. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm sure some people were like, I'm about to rewind here yeah. this, so you don't have to. <laughs> Women in the Material World. Well, I guess this is kind of wraps up our fourth thing. Will you stay and do the outro with me? I do an outro yeah, every episode and I read like, I do an email shout out. Okay. Ooh, sounds great. I wonder. I'll pull it up and then I might have you read it because it's okay. like someone that sent something in and then it's like special if they're listening and they're like, oh shoot, my my email just got read. So because yeah. they send it in not knowing if it's ever gonna get shared or not. So sounds okay. Fun. So Corey will be back for the outro and I loved our four things. Yeah, so this is so great. So that's a wrap on today's episode. Still got Corey in here, as promised, and it's super fun because she's going to read the email. A shout out for today, which is, who's the email from, Corey? This is from Nancy Tan. Okay. Hi, Amy. Love you and your podcast. Thanks. <laughs> I'm very interested in fostering at some point. I'm currently married and have no kids. I think we're at a good place that we could offer our home and resources to a child, but I'm 29, have no experience raising kids, and I do plan on trying to have kids next year, but I still would like to foster. My husband and I don't know when the best time would be to foster a child. My husband thinks it would be best for us to be parents first and have an understanding of being a parent figure before fostering. I think now would be a great time to foster, but also worried that we would be in over our heads or I would make it worse for the child. I would love to hear your thoughts, advice, experiences with adoption and jumping right into parenthood. Also, I would love it if you had a four things with Eddie's wife. I bet she has a wealth of knowledge, advice coming from social work and their current experiences fostering. I would be grateful to get any advice. Thank you. Well, if you're listening right now and you're like, who's Eddie and who's Eddie's wife? Well, Eddie's on the Bobby Bone Show with me and he's a dad of two, but now a foster dad of two. So now technically a dad of four. And I had him on to share about how they went about doing it. And um, you can go back and listen to that episode. And yes, it's a good idea. I should definitely have his wife on if she's willing to come on. But, you know, Corey has experience with foster care and adoption. And, you know, for me and my husband, he always thought we would have biological kids and then we would adopt maybe. And I never had adoption on the radar. I just thought we would pop out a bunch of biological children. My sister has four. It seemed easy. All my friends have a bunch of babies. And then we just couldn't get pregnant. And then my husband, it took, I was on the adoption train way before he was. He just was not ready. He was still holding out that we would get pregnant. And then that would be, and then we would decide about adoption later. And so then, you know, that just wasn't God's plan. And I'm, you know, I've said this multiple times, but I would pray every time I was taking a pregnancy test that it would be positive. And, you know, it, I couldn't see it at the time and I was getting so frustrated. But now that I have Stevenson and Stashira running up and down my stairs at the house, I'm like, this was his plan all along. And, you know, we never even thought we would adopt older kids for Mm -hmm. that matter. Um, I guess we always, when we started, we started domestic adoption with planning on getting a baby. And then that detoured and somehow we ended up adopting 
older kids from Haiti. So, you know, that in, in looking back now, I can see why my prayers weren't answered. Yeah. Because that just we weren't there yet. I love that. And I feel the yeah. same way. So I don't know. What would your advice, Corey, be to her? Because, you know, she's 29 and she doesn't know that they're ready. I mean, yeah. But are you ever ready? Yeah. I was going to say, that's my first thing is that, like, I don't know that you're ever really ready. I don't know. Like, there's, like, ever this, like, perfect time to have children or to foster or to adopt children, you know. But, I mean, I will say I think you and your husband should be on the same page. So I think that you should start praying about that, about, like, that y'all are on the same page. Because it isn't easy. It is difficult. I'm mm-hmm. fostering adoption having your biological children, there's difficulties that, that comes with all of that. So I think you should be on the same page with, with your spouse about it before you, you go into it. But and, and one might be a little further along in the process than the other. But um, yeah, there's never a perfect time. But I do think it's... But the perfect time would be when you're both at least. There you go. So that would be step one is getting yes. on the same page with your husband. And then Step two would be start reading books, mm-hmm. start the proper paperwork that may need to happen for this, start researching how you get it done. You know, it's state to state. It's different or wherever you live. Um, there may be some different guidelines and stuff that you need to make sure that you're prepared for. And I will say, make sure you don't have kind of a fantasy expectation of what adoption or foster care looks like of like, oh, it's just me so great. We're just doing something so yeah. great for someone. It's going to be so yeah. amazing because it. It is. And you are pouring, you know, into someone that needs that. And you can have that that you have so you feel like you have so much love to give and you want to give it. But there's it's a roller coaster. It is a roller coaster. And I would say, yes, around yourself with other people who are in it and have done it because they can help you through it. You know, I had friends that, you know, would help me through the tough times whenever we adopted a, a new son that was, you know, bringing a whole nother person into the family, you know, you need to surround yourself with other people who have done it and have a support system and just ask, you know, ask for help and encouragement and advice. Awesome. Okay. Well, thanks for helping out with the email. Shout out Corey. And just thank you again for being here. Like you're so awesome. You have so many things going on. I I admire you. I know so many people are inspired by you and admire you um, listening and watching you on TV. And then quickly too, can you tell me about y'all are, is it out that you're doing like a production company? Is it, that like a thing? Well, it is. We haven't. I don't think we've actually like officially announced it or anything oh, like that. Okay. But no, this is good. We can. We should talk about it. So I'm really, really excited. I mean, I think we saw whenever we did Duck Dynasty, just the need for like positive family friendly entertainment. And mm-hmm. we just saw the impact of that and um, realized. And I love actually the production side. I love the behind the scenes. I love the creativity part of it and coming up with the ideas and all of that. And so that was fun for me. And um, we just have a lot of friends who are really talented and we were like, well, we, we should tell their stories. So we started a production company. It's called Tread Lively. So it's like, we're not going to tread lightly. We're going to tread lively oh, I love in that. this world. Yeah. And um, so we started a production company and we got some really fun things in the works. So we're very excited. Okay. Now I can't wait. So that's something to look forward to. And obviously will be something that I think a lot of my audience would love and like can be family type stuff. Right. I think that that's what we're remissing sometimes the stuff that you can all just sit around as a family and not have to be on guard of like, oh, what did they just, what did they just right. hear? What did they just see? And what are they going to pick up that's not going to be yeah. you know, something that we want them to be doing? Yeah. So we know that tread lively. There you <laughs> At least go. At least will be family friendly. That's exactly right. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Well, thank you, Corey. And um, I guess we'll hopefully see you around. Thanks. I love talking to you. Life ain't always pretty, but hey, it's pretty beautiful, thing. Laugh a little more, thing. Tight 
tighten up your core. Said so EK, you're kicking it with four things. With Amy Brown. All summer, the best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. All right, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can really make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through things. Now, BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp.com. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, well, just go to tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. For 60 years, St. Jude doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And we need your help getting that number to 100%. And most important, your support means that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. That peace of mind means so, so much for these families. So join me in helping St. Jude in this fight. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org.